Oh, yeah, ladies and gents, it's your buddy Gavin. Filibuster Freestyle. There's no other way to say it. R.I.P. to the great and now late Eddie Van Halen. We're doing this on Zoom, which is a little bit more personal. I got Roscoe P. I've got Polly P. Not related. Same last initial. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Eddie Van Halen's career, his, his impact on the world. I don't even really know where this is going to go. We do have notes, but I'm just going to bring the guys in. First, we'll go with Polly P. In the Van Halen shirt and the Paw Sox baseball hat which is like two great things ending at the same time, essentially. I don't want to get into the Pot Sox today. That's another podcast. But anyway, Eddie Van Halen, we learned of his passing today. Welcome to the show under these circumstances, Polly P. How you doing, first of all? Doing well. Uh, d- definitely got rocked by, by the news. Eddie's been uh, mysteriously out of, the, out of the news for a couple of years now. And uh, the Van Halen camp is notorious for, for never leaking any information to anyone. And the last time that he had this cancer that hit him pretty hard, he disappeared and then he came back. Right. And so, you know, I think Van Halen fans, people like me who are always scouring, you know, every few, every few weeks, every couple months, and you just kind of like scouring for some information. And you, you don't find any, but you're just hoping that, you know, one day it's going to, there he is, you know. Right. So even though, even though everybody knew he was sick, it was just a shock today to see that. It just, it really hit me right. Right in the gut. Yeah, absolutely. A legend. Uh, Roscoe P. will bring you in as well. You know, you, we, we talked about this in a very brief pre-show. I mean, you, me, Polly P., we, we kind of dance, dance around the ages of people to be influenced by Van Halen. But, um, you know, you're a guitar player, you're a musician yourself, as is Polly P. So, we're, you know, I know you, I know you didn't learn of the news until we broke it to you, so sorry about that. But how you doing a couple hours later with processing this news on Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, I think people throw around, you know, great musician of all time, influential a lot, especially when someone passes away, because you know what, they did, most of the time they did have an impact, of course. Someone like Eddie Van Halen, and I want to get into it, but you guys both, you didn't get to a third guy. You had Hendrix and you had Eddie Van Halen as two people who changed music forever, changed rock and roll forever, changed the, the way people play the guitar and understand the capabilities of a guitar. Those two guys were on both of your short lists 
And again, if we want to do a guitarist podcast someday, we can. But we're talking about a profound, profound impact. And actually tonight, and I didn't know this. I didn't know that until Polly P broke it, that Eddie Van Halen actually, he heard the sounds he wanted his guitar to make in his head and the guitar couldn't do it. So Eddie like re-engineered his rig and his amp to build sounds capable of the sounds he wanted to make. That is some, excuse my language folks, next level shit. And that's wild. And the guy was already a virtuoso on like four instruments before he, he was an engineer who was inventing the ability for the sounds he heard in his head. That's some Beethoven stuff. I'll stop there. Polly P, you broke that for me. How did you even find that out? That's amazing that he was like an engineer on top of a musical genius. So, you, you know, it's one thing to be trained, classically trained on the piano. And, you know, my, my dad was a professional jazz player, trumpet player. And, you know, my parents always told me that if you want to learn an instrument, you learn piano because it teaches you right and left brain. Mm. It's percussive and it's also, you know, melodic. And, and the dexterity that you gain in your fingers, you can play any instrument if you learn how to play piano. So, you know, you go from being a classically trained pianist who then switches over to drums Right. Originally, Eddie played the drums and Alex played, played the guitar. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then they switch and he becomes a guitar player. But then there's no training to learn how to take apart. Well, you could go to school to learn how to take apart a guitar and an amp, but the, but the, he didn't. And there are a lot of guys that there are a lot of guys that modify, you know, their guitars. There are a lot of a lot of these guitar. I mean, guitar is is it's all mathematics. Right. So these these are like mathematically inclined people who, you know, they can bring that into electrical engineering. And so at first, you know, it's a guy like Eddie trying to pick the brain of every sound man. Right. And every amp guy to learn as much as they can about, the, you know, what goes on inside the amp. Um, there's a great um, uh, what do they call it? Art installation or whatever at the. Um, was it the oh, Met the Met. Museum yeah, the Met Museum. Where they, where they recreated his his original touring rig. Which to me is that's 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 the that's the greatest, right? Because later on he had companies build amps for him, right? Make his amps and his guitar stuff. But in the beginning, they built it themselves. And he, where do you get your training for that? Yeah, it's just part of your, part of your genius. And you're trying to they call it the brown sound, right? The original Eddie Van Halen sound, or Roscoe knows, right? They call it the brown sound. It's like it's in your head. And you got to wire the electronics and all that. And then the last thing that I'll say about that is that one thing about Eddie in the beginning is he never wanted to show anybody his secrets. Right. So, you know, he's legendary for in the early days playing with his back to the audience. And if you look at that Met Museum um, installation, he did it with his amps too. He, he they, they, they tore around with extra stuff that they would put over the effects processors and the amps. So people couldn't see what he's doing. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, as somebody who was impressed with himself when he figured out how to set up a soundboard that was already ready made to roll, to build your own crap, again, on top of being a virtuoso, a virtuoso of a player, good lord. Um, let's talk about Roscoe P. You've seen other guys try to do that. I'm going to turn my back to the audience because I'm so effing good. They're all just copying Eddie Van Halen actually. Like, nobody else really did proprietary crap on the regular, did they? I mean, I'm sure some people have done something, but that's all just people trying to emulate a genius. Is that is that fair? What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I don't um, I don't begrudge Eddie 
doing that. I will say it's a little bit uh, maybe outside the spirit of music. Like music is really about like sort of sharing ideas and collaborating and everybody, everybody has stolen from, you know, like there's, there are are very few like real original, you know, thoughts or whatever in music like that. Like everything is kind of a, I think what's interesting is taking the little bits of different influences and then combine them into something that is new, but everybody's taken, taken from something in the past. Um, But, but I think with Eddie, it's like, I think with all these great, players like I remember hearing about I'm sure this would be true of Eddie too but I remember somebody said about Carlos Santana and Carlos Santana has a very famous sound yeah. and you know people talk about buying his guitars and amps and the Bex pedals and, and recreating the sound right but somebody said they you know they're in a, some music store in LA or something and Carlos Santana walks in and he sits down and plugs some random guitar into some amp and he sounded like Carlos Santana <laughs> it's, it's, it's here it's the hand. Like they always they, they always say that about Eddie because yeah. Eddie, Eddie's the type of guy where now I Roscoe you might know some of these people I know at least three people maybe four if I if I'm trying to remember guitar players who they don't play guitar to learn how to play guitar they only play Eddie right that's right. all they do right. they buy all the gear right. they buy all the stuff and you know I was thinking these guys hey you want to jam like. Uh, I, I was I was in a cover band, uh, well not a cover band, but we, we played some Van Halen covers just for sure. fun, you know. And one of these guys that I know for a long time, and it was fun to just get him to jam because his whole world was just doing Eddie, right? <laughs> you know. Yeah. But 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 they always said about Eddie that he could pick up any guitar, just like Santana. You know, Slash is probably like this. You know, any guitar and make it sound like him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's that's what I was thinking about the technique, like. Hiding the technique or not, it doesn't matter. Like <laughs> I, I know how to do it. I know how to do the two hand tapping. Like there's no mystery there. I know how to do it. Can I go plug in my guitar and sound like Eddie Van Halen? Hell no, I can't. <laughs> I know exactly how to do it. I can't do it. I'm not him. You know, yeah, you know what I was you know what I was just thinking, Roscoe, because uh, somebody texted me earlier today, uh, my stepdad texted me and he said, um, Something they said about Eddie Van Halen. He said, "You know, he he says that he got the cancer from holding the copper picks in his mouth." Oh. And, and, and I said to him, "I said everybody knows that that's bullcrap." Eddie was a chain smoker. I mean, he, 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 he never didn't have a cigarette in his mouth, and he had to. He got his, the first cancer was on his tongue, right? And he blamed it on those copper picks. So what I'm thinking now is maybe he told people in interviews that he turned his back to the crowd to the highest technique, but maybe he was just shy. Maybe. Yeah. 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 You know, sure. maybe he was just, uh, just shy. And, and that's the Van Halen was, you know, notorious for putting that media spin on everything. So yeah, it's fair. I never actually thought about that until now. So there you go. It's, it's a moment to reflect. So let's talk about this. Like we, we've kind of dipped our toe in this idea of how we changed the game, but you know, Polly P, I think you're probably old enough to remember Van Halen 1 coming out. Is that fair? Or are you are you a little young for that? I mean... Well, I, I was five. All right, so not really. I mean, you weren't, like, in it, in it. But That's all. Uh, what, so what, what, happened, what happened to me is, and we were talking about our age gap, so I think that, that we're all... It's like six uh, years, probably. Six, seven years. Yeah. Six, seven years younger than me. So, so the, the people that I learned Van Halen from were about four or five years older than me. It was my neighbors across the street. Makes sense. And, you know, there was a, a kid across the street. He just, his whole mannerisms, everything about him was imitating David Lee Roth. <laughs> and they had the, because, so back then, 
right? Bands would put out an album every like 11 to 13 months. Right. You know, so from like from 78 to 81 was uh, every Van Halen record except for 1984. Yeah, like or 80, 82, Diver Down was 82. So you have Van Halen, Van Halen 2, Women, Children First, Fair Warning, Diver Down, you know, every year. So the kid across the street had all the tapes, you know, lined up. You know, and it was just, they were all black on the, you know, Van Halen, Van Halen, Van Halen, Van Halen. And I was just like, I want Van Halen. Like, <laughs> I, I want that. So I would walk to the, to the store where they had, you know, sold the tapes and stuff. And my goal was to get every tape and line them up next to each other. So for me, uh, this is um, 12 years old, around uh, 10, 11 years old. So this is 83. This is right before 1984 came out. I got all of Van Halen at once. Nice. You know, and for me, it was first it was Van Halen 1, and then I got Fair Warning, and then I kind of filled in the, the, the spots from there. So it, to me, it happened all at once. And for you guys, it probably happened all at once too, but the Hagar stuff was probably included when you were that age, right? Yeah, I, I think actually I can recall a birthday party where I asked a friend for the newest Van Halen record, thinking it was probably 1984, but they gave me OUA12, which is obviously Van Hagar, you know? And so I'm like, I mean, this is really good, but this isn't what I wanted, because I didn't you know, know any better. And then I remember like, that was probably fourth grade, and then by seventh grade I had a dude um, who used to drive me to swim practice, Chris Antonetti, who was like five, six years older than me, and he had Van Halen 1. And I'm like, this is the better than any Van Halen I've ever fucking heard, you know, and I'm like, holy cow, like these, there's a whole like thing about Van Halen I don't even know existed, and here I am like 11, 12, whatever years old, so, yeah, and I've already dropped two swears in my own pod, that's, you know, it's uh, not something I usually do, so, so we'll see. It's an emotional day. Yeah, yeah, it's an emotional day. What I did, what I did get to live through, though, is, is real time, 1984, the videos, you know, jump, Panama, I'll wait, like, I did live through that in real time, and it was just incredible. And the, 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 the incredible thing about Van Halen in that period is this is a band that reached their ultimate crescendo. And it's kind of like ACDC. Like, ACDC hit Highway to Hell was finally their crescendo, right? And then Bon Scott died. Right. And they had to change singers. And for Van Halen, they hit this incredible crescendo, Right, and you think about bands like that, they worked every single day for 10 years, and they hit this incredible crescendo. And the next thing you know, it's California Girls, yeah. Just a Gigolo, Dave TV, you know, and, and the whole thing. And then just two years later was Van Hagar, right? No, number one album, you know. And Hagar in '84 had, had I Can't Drive '55, so he was on top. So I definitely I lived through that one live, and 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 so that makes. Yeah, that's... Did you guys ever get to see Van Halen live? No. I did not. And you saw him when you were a kid, you said, Polly P? You got to see him with your mom? It was my, my first... My first. My mom's a music teacher, and uh, so I'll digress a little bit about Van Halen. So my dad was a was a classically trained jazz trumpet player, and he, he, he toured all over the world with uh, Buddy Rich, Frank Sinatra, and all the heavy hitters. And, and my dad really didn't want me to get into music, and so he he kind of would put the bug in my ear that, you know, human beings really don't play music, um, (laughs) you know? And what really fed that for me was how into Van Halen I was. So 
you know, what was blasting out of my room was Van Halen and, and human beings really can't do what Eddie does. Right. right. And so it, it, it reinforced that narrative. It's like, oh yeah, like no, like no one could ever do this, you know? And, uh, then I, I was probably, well, so, uh, Van Halen and Hagar, gosh, I guess eight probably. So I was maybe, well, I was probably 14. My mom got me tickets to Providence Civic Center, uh, Van Halen. And guys, I think I could be getting these dates wrong, but I think Skid Row or uh, Warren, somebody, um, who, was that, who was that other band with uh, Slaughter? Slaughter. Uh, Slaughter that opened up. Yeah, and I don't want to make things up out of turn, so I'll go look this up later, but anyway. That's on brand. So my mom, got, my, my mom got me these tickets, and the math teacher at her school had a connection at the Providence Civic Center, and they got us eighth row. So my mom and I went to see Van Halen. I had never been, I had been to only one real live concert before. I saw my dad play with um, with the Buddy Rich band um, and the Maynard Ferguson big band, whose drummer was Greg Bissonette, who was David Lee Roth's drummer, right? Right. Digress, right? That was the first time that my face was, my face was blown off by like loud sounds. But so my mom and I would go to the Providence Civic Center. We get there and we're in the eighth row, you know, and this is like Van Halen, you know, and with my mom and like, it was, it was cool. You know, it was okay. Be with her. Like she's a music person, you know, we're sitting there, we're sitting on the seats. All of a sudden, Roscoe, you know, you guys both know if you've ever seen Van Halen live on YouTube, how they open every show is just with a wall of sound. Right. Comes at you, you know, and so my mom and I are sitting there, and all of a sudden, here comes this massive sound. Everybody stands on their chairs. So my mom and I are standing on our chairs, and there's this, I mean, faces are just melting. I looked at her out of the corner of my eye. Guys, her face was like, you know when you just have like this, you can't stop the, you just can't stop the joy? Sure. Like when your face is being melted off. So I saw her like that. Next thing, somebody tried to pass me a joint. <laughs> and um, I did what Nancy Reagan said, you know, says. Just say no. Just said no. And I think I may have passed the joint past my mom or something, whatever. They passed it by us. And my mom and I talked about that today. And, and to experience any Van Halen fan will know what that wall of sound is like. So for me, that was my first concert. Wow. Tough to top, and, uh, right? It was incredible. Tough to top. Yeah. So one of the things um, you mentioned was kind of his favorite Van Halen songs, and, and I'll throw this one to Roscoe P. at first, but the fact that you sent us a live version of Unchained today, it was excellent, and I wouldn't even think to add Unchained in my top five easily. I mean, wouldn't even get there. But I saw that live performance, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a great Van Halen song. You know, so anyway... There's so many songs, especially live, watching a live performance. Roscoe P., does anything stand out for you? I mean, clearly you've got some favorite Van Halen songs, but what do you, what do you got? Well, I think Unchained probably is up there for me. Panama. Panama's uh, amazing. Ain't Talking About Love. I always like Ain't Talking About Love. Great song. Uh, of course, Eruption. I mean, I think if you're a guitar player, well, there's, there's kind of two... Um, like sort of just so ever you know, just talking about Eddie's the guitar player, like two famous solo pieces, one more famous than the other. Eruption's the, the super famous one, which everybody knows. And fair enough. I mean, it's you know, I, I did read today it was the 
it was the uh, voted number two in Guitar World magazine's top 100 solos of all time. And I was like, number two? What, what beat out Eruption? Apparently, Stairway to Heaven did, which I completely disagree. Oh, uh, come on. Bad call. Uh, bad call. Come on. But, uh, different, different, different. Apples and oranges. Yeah, apples and oranges. Apples and oranges. Yeah. So as, far, as far as an instru- instrumental piece goes. Right. Yeah. Well, there's, there's Eruption and there's Spanish Fly on, on Benny Hill, too, which is, which is kind of like, that's the one I kind of forget about. And then you play it, and it's like, oh, man, this is, like, better than Eruption. It's just not as, you know, it's not as famous and, and wasn't on the radio as much as Eruption was. So, yeah, I mean, I think those, um, what else? Uh man. Smartest thing that Van Halen ever did, by the way, was to put You Really Got Me cover at the end of Eruption for the radio track. So that people would just, you know, especially back in the day, you're forced to listen to the genius of Eruption, and then you get a remake of a hit with Van Halen's spin on it, and it's like a great double track in a row every single time, which is cool. Right, like if, if you listen to, like if you have Van Halen 1 on Shuffle, and you listen to Eruption... It's weird when it ends and it doesn't go into you really got me. right exactly like, exactly like, that's how the song is supposed to be. right that's what you yeah. were indoctrinated to on the terrestrial radio back in the day for, for yeah, sure like, that's not the song those are two different so, songs so eruption you know the legend of eruption goes is that that was his warm up piece right it was and again right all these things we 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 have to call them legends right but the the, the story was that you know he's warming up this piece and you know. I think Ted Templeton, Ted Templeman, whatever was the issue, you know, hits play, says, hey, lay that down. And the next thing you know, boom, it's eruption. And and by the way, like, you guys know that musicians always, you know, they always throw bull crap around. Like, oh, I woke up in the middle of the night. It took me two minutes to write this song. You know, they always, yeah. they always do that. But eruption was like that. And Sweet Child of Mine was, 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 it was a slash warm up piece. Yeah, it sounds like the slash story that he used to just play that riff, like screwing around to, tune or whatever just warm up right well this leads in this leads into um another underrated instrumental piece is on fair warning it's a sunday afternoon in the park Mm. you know um it's just killer you know um but this leads into the the dynamic between um the brother the van halen yeah i mean how about your it's like the it's like the, the williams sisters but for a band like to your point they were playing the wrong instruments i mean eddie was playing drums and alex was playing guitar and clearly, I'm sure I'm sure they were great at it, but they weren't as good as they were at the other two. So, yeah, talk about that dynamic. Like, what's your take on that? As a, as a, as as a bass player, I've had my heart broken many times by drummers who ask for more guitar in the monitor. You know, <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> hey, can I, hey, can I get more guitar in the monitor? I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be with me, you know. Um, but. There have been some great guitar, drummer, songwriting uh, partnerships. One of them is Aerosmith, Joe Perry, and Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler's a drummer. Mm. Think about the Love It, Love It and Elevator beat. That's his beat, you know. Um, and when you think about um, the Beatles, Paul McCartney played a lot of drums. So, you know, I'm quite certain that he, you know, was involved. In, and when it comes to the brothers Van Halen, the dynamic of Van Halen is so incredible because they could – they could care less about Michael Anthony. Right. Like they, they could care. The, the brothers could care less about him, which, which is what made him such a great bass player because his instinctive style was just to stay out of the way. You know, and, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix didn't like Noel Redding. 
you know, and Noel Redding used to play all over the place. You know, he was a guitar player. wasn't even, He wasn't really a bass player. And when right. when Hendrix when Hendrix got with uh, Billy Cox in the band of Gypsies, was a guy that would just play dum dum dum. And so Michael Anthony, it was always just on his own island. And it was, be- and the dynamic was between the brothers. Right. So when you think about eruption, it's the two brothers, man. I mean, that's that's a guitar and drum piece. And when the when the drums and the guitar are locked like they are in Van Halen, and then you throw in a, a, a bass that's like right down the middle, that's when you got th- you know that's when you really got it. So, yeah, the amount of sound. The brothers just yeah, the amount of sound they get is. From three, because it's a three piece with a front man, right? I mean, that's an insane amount of sound. Alex, Alex Van Halen is so expressive on the hi hat and the snare, right? Like, there's just so much touch and feel there, and it locks with the guitar. There's, there's nothing like it, you know. There's nothing like it. No, it's like a lot of thirty second notes. Go ahead, Roscoe. Sorry. Hopper Teacher is a good example. Of that. Yes. That amazing drum part, and then that, 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 you know, the tapping riff at the beginning. That, that's just such Roscoe, a- Roscoe, picture those two. Picture those two guys, right? Just the two of them. Yeah. Right. Fifty one fifty. How many hours did yeah, they right. just do that? Right. Right. It's incredible. Yeah, the craftsmanship is on point, and the talent is on point, and then yeah, the connection. You know, you grow up with a guy, um, and I think people forget too. You mentioned this. I mean. They were immigrants. They they're from the Netherlands. They they didn't. Their parents emigrated in 1962. English. They didn't speak English. Like everyone just assumes they're like California guys. They're not people. You know, none of a, a lot of us don't realize what it's like to come here as a kid and you don't speak the language. You know, and um, and the, the brothers didn't speak the language. So you know, so so music was there. The dad was a jazz clarinet player. You know, uh, dad played on. Uh, he played on Fair Warning, I think it oh, was. Really? Or Diver Down. It was Diver Down. The, the Jan Van Halen played on, uh, on one of those tunes. Uh, I didn't know that. That's some hot. That's some hot trivia right there. Dad, Dad took a Dad took a solo on, on one of the tunes, and I'll look it up while Roscoe's talking. But, um, but you know, Chris, I wanted to ask you, like, as a guitar player. You know, I mean, you said you, you know, you said you can do the tapping and things like that, but like, was there any of Eddie's style that just crept out through you in any way? I mean, obviously, it's hard to like imitate him, but just as an influential guy, just even maybe with attitude or whatever, was there any of his stuff that did you guys play any of his stuff, uh, Van Halen, when you, when you guys were? Uh, I mean, I feel like we probably did it. Never like one of the regular songs, but I feel like we probably threw in uh, "Running with the Devil" or yeah, we threw in some stuff. I yeah, we didn't do re- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So well, first of all, I, I said I know how to do the tapping. I didn't say I could. Do, I mean, I could do it. <laughs> right, right. I can catch you. Anything, like anything. But I, but I know that like I understand what the tech. I understand what he's doing. Uh, it's not the secret. The technique's not a secret. It's just really hard to do. Um. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think as an influence, this is kind of the point I was uh, referencing in our very pre-show meeting. But you guys kind of covered it. It's like I discovered Van Halen at a strange time because just like like my age, I was trying to think of like what the first Van Halen song I ever heard was, and it it might have been Jump, but I actually 
weirdly, I think it was When It's Love. Oh, wow. Which is OU812, which kind of checks out. So, like, so here, here's the weird thing. Like, I just listed whatever, five or six of my favorite Van Halen songs. Those are all from that. We talked about that kind of Van Halen 1 to 1984. That, that sort of, like, what I would call the, you know, like, the heyday, I think. That's, that's the best part of Van Halen, which I sort of missed when I was first listening, you know, like, developing my taste in music. But when I was first started listening to music, it, it, the weird thing is, like, Van Halen, different from, say, like, Jimi Hendrix or the Beatles or even Led Zeppelin, artists whose careers were largely over, you know, by the time, or in some cases even weren't alive anymore by the time I was listening to music, Van Halen was still a thing. They were still a very popular act and very relevant, but they were just completely different from what they were before. So, like, if the first, if your first thing that you ever hear is when it's love, and it's about Van Halen, and you hear when it's love and like Hot for Teacher back to back, you would never think that that's the same band, right? So, so like, so my introduction to Van Halen was like, oh, you wait one two, and then I actually owned the Poor Lawful Cardo. Yeah, album. great record. Had that tape. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not Van Halen 1. So, so, so I guess my point is, like, I, I don't I don't think I have a lot of... In fact, I think there's a lot of guitar players who I, I can identify parts of in my playing, but I think Eddie Van Halen is, is not one of those. And, and, like, when I... In fact, when I try to learn Van Halen songs, they're hard, because sometimes the technique is really hard, but also it's just it's quite different from the way that, that I play. And I think that's why. I think in just those formative years of listening to music, I didn't really know the real Van Halen yet. That kind of came later after a lot of those initial impressions of this is how you play guitar were, were sort of formed. So I would say, uh, unfortunately, I don't I don't have a lot of Eddie uh, in me, but, um, but yeah, it is it is kind of a different... Uh, yeah, by the time by the, by the the time you get into the 90s, um, right. it's, very, it's, it's very processed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a ton of keyboards. I mean, the heart and soul is still there, but that's... That's why a lot of people tapped out on, on, on Van Hagar, so to speak, you know, because just didn't have that raw edge, you know, right. that early Van Halen. But there's still so, such yes. great songs, and I think that's the that thing, and you, you brought this up too, Paul, in, in your notes, you know, the evolution of Eddie to, to the keys again as a classically trained pianist, but who's now in a pop rock band, you know, a commercial rock band that used to be kind of a, you know, a hard rock band that was... But they, they kept making songs people cared about. They were just doing it through a lens of they had a bigger platform and they were they were milking it from a business standpoint. But it was Sammy still really Hagar, good music. Sammy Hagar had a vocal range. David Lee Roth, if you if you listen to you know, they have those isolated vocal tracks yes. on YouTube. Yeah. If you listen to Running with the Devil isolated vocal, it's incredible. You know? And guys like Roth and Vince Neal like they could go in the studio and they could bang it out and you could get a real, I mean, they were unique, incredible vocalists, but, but they weren't singers right. in, in, in the way that, that a Sammy Hagar is like a musician who can shred on the guitar, you know, like, like, like Roscoe, when, 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 when you hear when it's love, right. That you, one of your first Van Halen songs, if you, the live without a net, um, version, on that first tour, Eddie played keyboards. Right. He never played keyboards on stage. Right. And and, H and Hagar plays the guitar and solos the, the crap out of When It's Love. Right, right, right. You know? And so he was just a, 
just a different kind of musician that brought all that. So yeah, so that '90s stuff was real, but that was the time too. Yeah. Right. You know. Well, I'm and, a producer. So yeah. So if that's your first taste, yeah, I get it, right? And then you go back in time, you're like, that's a different, you know. A different bit, right? I, I, I always, I, I always have a problem with people. You know, my thing is, if, if I like an artist and I appreciate an artist. If if they go off in a direction that I uh, that I don't particularly care for, I don't hold it against them. It's an artist, right? Like you know, like Eddie Van Halen, like Roscoe, right? He's like a wizard, and and people have to remember that if Eddie Van Halen did when it's love, it's because he wanted to do when it's love, right? And if he did, you know, uh, why can't this be love? It's because he, you know, he he wasn't. Were they trying to make hits? Were they trying to make hits? But here's the thing: with jump, once they hit with jump. I mean, they took they took over rock and roll. Yeah, they didn't song. need they didn't need any more help after that. I mean, exactly. So you know, so everyone has their different takes. But yes, that '90s Van Halen. Plus, it was kind of towards the end for them, and it was very different. But if you saw them live, you got to see a two guitar attack. Yeah. Like, you know, again, not to veer off into, into Haybar, but like, what, what guitar player has the stones to like go toe to toe with yeah. Eddie on the stage? Play with Eddie Van Halen, yeah. Right, and, and this goes, but actually, and one thing we can kind of circle back on because it's unique through or ubiquitous throughout Van Halen's career is the high harmonies, right? So I think Michael Anthony and Eddie, maybe Alex occasionally, but certainly Michael Anthony and Eddie were hitting these outrageous high harmonies. I don't think it was really, there was a ton of that in rock and roll when they first came out. So the the original Van the original Van Halen bass player just died last week. Oh really? Um, wow. His name was Mark Stone, and he just died. And uh, I was reading an article about him, and and Eddie, and you know, basically he was kicked out of Van Halen because he didn't want to sing. Hmm. And and Eddie Eddie Van Halen was like, I got sick and tired of singing all the time. <laughs> I needed somebody else to sing with me, you know, background vocals. So, I mean, the, the Van Halen vocal sound, Roscoe, I mean, Gavin, you sing, you know, so, I mean, you know, I mean, when you listen to those, the Van Halen, when you listen to, like, um, uh, You Really Got Me, yeah. with, like, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the all four guys, and they, and they all, you know, they all recorded that probably around the same mic. Right. The, the Van Halen, you know, audio, uh, you know, harm, vocal harmonies were just great, and that was part of, um, I think I wrote down on my notes, like, Van Halen always had kind of a humorous aspect to them. Yes. And Very tongue-in-cheek in a lot of ways. Tongue-in-cheek, like, like the, you know, jazz, bluegrass, blues, you know, Dixieland type, type things, and they did all that vocally. What's interesting, too, about Van Halen, I was thinking about this today between when we said we would do this podcast and, and now when we're on it, I was out working out, and I was thinking David Lee Roth got away with all kinds of just, like, shenanigans in terms of I mean, literally on studio tracks, he's talking to the sound producer, be like, one break coming up, you know, like whatever. Only reason that comes off as legit instead of corny is because his backing band, nobody could touch them. So it's like, if, if Eddie's okay with one break coming up, give me a break, Dave, then it must be cool. And, 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 let, and let's be honest, I mean, they didn't know what to do, you know, at these different parts. <laughs> And back then, they're putting out an album every 13 months. Right. And if you think about, you guys were talking before about the Hot Teacher video. You guys remember? Well, okay. So, so you, so you guys, it's in hindsight, but to me, it was live. The Hot Teacher, you know, these four guys are like, you know, they got their shiny gloves on, and they're doing, you know, all four guys did, 
And ZZ Top kind of was doing that. Right, right, stuff right. Too. So, you know, and they, and they always claim that they, you know, they hated, you know, Roth and his Vegas act and this and that, but they all went along with it. Yeah. They all had fun. Well, they had fun with it, it. right. They had fun with it. If you look at interviews from them, like from the late 70s, you know, early 80s, just having fun, man. Saying, saying stupid stuff on purpose to, to journalists, and they were partying. And they, so, you know, sometimes the Van Halen brothers took themselves too seriously, but most times, you know, they were given that party vibe. Right. And let's talk about Van Halen real quick. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, did you ever see that uh, Lost Weekend with Van Halen? No. Um, this, this guy on MTV won a contest. Nice. And he won. Of course he did. He, he won a Lost Weekend. Look it up after this. Check it out. He won Lost Weekend with Van Halen. And all you have to do is just read about it. That's it. The guy, the guy was blacked out for, you know, for 48 hours. You know, um, so just to check it out. Lost Weekend with Van Halen MTV guy. Living, living the dream. I, was, I like it. I'll just Google that later. Uh, no, I was going to say, you know, Van Halen and pop culture too. So you've got the movie um, Better Off Dead with John Cusack and there's that scene where it's like a dream sequence where it's claymation and they do the Everybody Wants Some video just in the in the middle of the movie like it's totally fine in the middle of a rom-com um, you know you've got Van Halen um, I had a couple other ideas in my head when we were talking but there, you know I, I think about um, Right Now which is an unbelievable song but I think of Crystal Pepsi because when Crystal Pepsi wanted to release a new flavored cola that is an uncola, I still remember everything. The product sucked, but I remember what song they launched it to right now. You know, um, Van Halen definitely came out of this like virtuoso club rock thing and became a stadium rock band, but then became like a brand. And then, oh yeah, they fired their singer, who was a cartoon character for another guy. Then they fired that guy for Gary Sharon, and the list goes on. I mean, Nine lives, dis- dysfunction, high function, pop culture, reclusiveness, all with the guy who basically played guitar better than anybody in a way that nobody ever thought of before. Which is the only reason I think any of the rest of it even works. When, when, when it comes to Eddie Van Halen, you know, the, the part that makes fans so sad is that it's like Prince. You know, Prince released a ton of stuff. Like, Prince would just release... He'd make a record and put it out. He didn't give a shit. Right. But he also had, you know, thousands of hours of stuff in a vault that, that we haven't gotten to hear yet. Who does? It's still in the vault. The, the Van Halen only put out, like, I don't know, what, 10, 11 records? Right. Like, they... they, 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 they Sammy Hagar's put out, like, 25, 30 albums, whatever it is. And <laughs> Eddie Van Halen, you know, he, he never played with anyone else. He never went out and did, like, you know, they have, like, G3 now with, like, Satriani and Vi- He right. never did it. You know, he, he, there's a couple things on YouTube, like, you'll see him jamming on, on David Letterman. Um, there's another thing with him jamming with the, the guy from uh, Police Academy, uh, Michael Winslow. He, he did the really? soundtrack for this movie called The Wildlife, huh. which was uh, right, around, right around the time of uh, Better Off 1984. He did a whole soundtrack for this movie, The Wildlife. It's very difficult to even get through. It's just him messing around on a synthesizer. He also did a soundtrack for a porn movie, um, like in the early 2000s when he was really messed up. Yeah, I heard that. Really? But but they, but but they he, they didn't 
put stuff out. Right. Mm-hmm. You can, and, and, and that new Van Halen record that they made with Wolfgang Van Halen when, when they got back with Dave, yep. uh, Different Kind of Truth. Roscoe, did you check that record out? I never heard it, no. So they, I don't remember, was it 2012 maybe? Yeah. Hold on, I'll find it right here. I have their Spotify page right here. They put out, um, you know, this is when Wolfgang Van Halen, right, is basically like taking over the band, right? And his dad trusts him to, to kind of be a producer or whatever. They put out a new record with David Lee Roth, and half of the songs were recycled demos from early Van Halen. Right. And half of, half of them were, were, were new. But outside of that, he just didn't put stuff out. So you can only imagine what's in that vault. Right. Between the brothers, you know, and, and that frustrated a lot of people, you know. Yeah, for sure. But that's, but that's, but that's where you got to give a guy like Eddie, that's where you go back to like, am I hiding my technique or am I unwilling to share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like every, every great artist um, has, is, is, has, you know, it's a very personal thing. Like some people like to share everything they do and most great artists don't. Right. And I can just imagine like how much stuff is in the vault. Yeah. Another thing too, actually, Roscoe, I'll get your take on a couple of the pop culture things I thought of, but I mean, the rumor is that he walked into the studio for Beat It on the first try and dropped that iconic Beat It Michael Jackson guitar solo. I'm getting a peace sign from Paul, which I'm guessing is a second take maybe, but... He gave, he, 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 the, story, the, the story is right, he, gave, he did two versions. Wow. He did two versions and then he left. I mean, whatever, that's the story. Didn't I mean, put his name on. Didn't put his name on it, by the way. Right. Um, because Roth, Roth didn't want. Roth was like a James Hetfield, you know. He didn't want like anybody in Van Halen doing things outside of Van Halen. Got it. So that's why. That's why none of us knew that Eddie played that solo. Wow. But I mean, like you Ross, know, you listen to it now, and you're like, yeah, of course. Of course, Eddie. right. Well, that's and the thing was that they were so popular at that time that it would make sense if a studio musician was trying to emulate Eddie Van Halen because that was a cool sound, but then you learn years later, oh no, wait, that was Eddie Van Halen and he didn't even take any money for it. Yeah, Roscoe, as a guitar player, like, you, and you're, I'm not saying you're a huge Michael Jackson fan either, but, you know, that's gotta be one of the greatest mashups of all time and it was so under, like, undersold at the time. Well, I, I, did you say I'm not a huge Michael Jackson? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying you're like Mr. Michael Jackson fan club, which probably oh. these days is a very short bus of publicly I, facing fans. Musically, I am. There's some baggage there. Being yes. a Michael Jackson fan that I'm not going to sign off on. Um, but no, yeah, that's that's one of my. Uh, like that was kind of my rock and roll trivia question for everybody that nobody knew was like who played the guitar solo and beat it. And then, you know, very few people know that that's Eddie Van Halen. And now, now I've added to it that so there's other guitar. Like he only played the solo. There's right. other guitar in that song. Not play. Have well, you, Roscoe? Have you ever vortexed out to, to, to see who played on that? I, on I, that track? I, I think I know. I, it was actually a studio musician, a very famous one, named Steve Lukather, who is more well known for playing in the band Toto. There were that, so. Wow. From, from what I remember off the top, there were there were two guitar players on that. One of them was Lukather, and one of them was another session guy. Who, when you look him up on Wikipedia, you find out that he's played on like a thousand things. Yeah, you know. And, and again, I could be speaking a little off uh, a turn here, but the da 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 da, you know, the main track, um, Lukather was there, and then there was another dude there. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
So like the guy, the guy from Toto, Eddie Van Halen, and Michael Jackson, are, you know, come together to put out these. How, how about how about that? And you wonder why it's a hit, and, then, and it stands the test of time. Of course. And the other thing that I that I thought of today, just listening to some Van Halen on the way home, and I had forgotten about this until I heard the Van Halen song, and then remembered that Van Halen has been sampled in a very famous hip hop song. I want to call it hip hop. I call it more like a pop rap song, but. Uh, Tone Loke's Wild Thing. Yep. Sampled JD's Crime. Yep. Which I heard, which is weird. Like, I heard JD's Crime came on on my Spotify shelf when I went, oh, that's Tone Loke. Which is sick. Uh, there's another one, too. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? What's the other there's one? Another... Can you tell me or not? Keep talking. Okay, well, I got, I got one for Roscoe, too. Then you've got, like, people. Parody and making and making light of Van Halen, but to sell records, Nerf Herder with their Van Halen song, yeah. which is really kind of a tongue-in-cheek tribute to how awesome Van Halen was. It was, yeah, it was a tribute to them and a shot at Sammy Hagar. Right, right, for really no reason. I, I don't know if they had beef with Sammy Hagar in real the real world, but um, Dave lost his hairline and you lost Bye. your cool. <laughs> yeah, you lost your cool, buddy. Uh, <laughs> You're right, it was. Now that I'm remembering the lyrics, sorry, it is a shot of Hagar, you're right. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, but I think there is a few between, like, there are the Van Halen people and the Van Hagar people. Like, right. Hey, yeah, I'm not really part of that, but it isn't, I haven't really thought of it, but yeah, we made the point before that. If all there ever was was Van Hagar, that's a really good band. Yeah. It's maybe not the Hall of Fame Van Halen that, that we know, but, like, if, if Van Halen only started existing in 1988... That's a band that has some amazing songs. Yes. You know, they had never met David Lee Roth. It's just 1988 Van Halen to, to whenever they stopped playing with Hagar. That's a great band, too. Correct. They, they were almost two, almost two great bands. Yes, right. Under the same, under the same band. With the same, with the same kind of core. Yeah. That's, a great, that's a great point. That's a great point that you guys just brought up because if it was only Van Hagar, it would not... Probably would not have been as influential, right? But, you know, right? Successful, but but not as influential, right? Because you know, it was it was much more processed. Um, on 1984, Alex Van Halen started playing electronic drums, um, and he carried that through um, 5150 album. And yeah, you know, that's a you know, again, you know, we have our our age difference, right? And if you never heard Van Halen before Sammy Hagar. Would it have been as impactful, right? And would it not have Eddie just been the same guy, but buried underneath lots of other things, you know? And that's what I mean. That's why when I think about Eddie Van Halen, I think now as I'm older, I can look back on music like he's kind of like kind of like how I feel about Michael Jordan. Like Michael Jordan was never my favorite player. There are always guys I like better than Michael Jordan, but I can look back now and say he was that even though he was never my favorite. I don't know, I'd ever identify Van Hill as my favorite guitar player. And I'd call him the best, I'd call Jimi Hendrix the best. But as we said before, he's on, a, he's on a very short list. But I think, like what you just said, because my first impression of Van Halen was Van Halen. And, and so I had to go later and try to put it together. So, that, so I think that's why it is, like his impact is a little bit less on me. Yeah. Somebody who's five years so, so, so let me ask you guys, right? So you're, so it's, you know, um, 
Gavin, you're born what, eighty one? You guys No, seventy eight. We're 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 old as we're getting old. I always think so you're 78 right so 88 you're 10 you know 91 92 is when you're you're into this kind of music and that's for for unlawful carnival yeah that's right now that's uh, pound cake you know but it's also Nirvana Pearl Jam right right no it's right it's also all that so let me so let me ask you guys like what made you delve backwards into Van Halen? Because you very easily could never have been interested to do that. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I have a specific answer. Yeah, maybe you do. Other than I think just becoming a fan of music. Yeah. As you I, said, Roscoe, you said somebody who, uh, or was it Gavin? Somebody said, "Here's Van Halen one. Check that out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got. I definitely had someone to be like, "Hey, oh, check. that's." Yeah. Like, oh, that's yeah. Well, I definitely had someone be like, "If you like this, you're gonna really like this," you know, which is cool. That's like what music used to be. I mean, music still is about that, but now it's a lot easier for me to be like, "I'm gonna literally text you guys later and share a Spotify feed, and you can listen or not." But back in the day, it's kind of like, "Oh, I've listened to music with you. I think I know what you like. Like, I I made you a tape, or, or like you should check this album out, or like, like it was a lot more like I had to know much more about your music." To, to recommend music to you. So, now it's kind of so like, a- like it, don't like it, whatever. ACDC, for me, would be like what Van Halen is like for you guys. You know, because ACDC, uh, ACDC came out in, uh, you know, 76, 75, whatever, 74, yeah. whatever that was. So when I was living through ACD, ACDC, it was like Thunderstruck. Right. You know, some of the, you know, some, you know, and of course we knew the old ACDC yeah. stuff, but it, but if it was live, it was the new version. And that's kind of what it was like, you know, Van Halen to you yeah, guys. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's the exact comparison. But that, that's how I feel about, about ACD, about the Van Halen. Right. Yeah. And they, there's so actually, and I never. When I was getting music on the best. Yeah. So I give you guys a lot of credit. I mean, I'm, I'm always amazed at, at, at how everybody always goes backwards, you know. I was, I, you know, I was never into the Beatles when I was growing up. Got a little older, went backwards. When I first started coaching swimming at Clark, uh, Gavin, we, you know, we didn't have, uh, you know, iPod or any no, yeah, like a radio station. Radio, yeah. And, and and I was always trying to be cognizant of like the new stuff, you know. So I would always put on like AAF or like you know any that right. And one day I came onto the pool deck, um, and one of the kids got a hold of the radio. And it was Zeppelin, right. Doors, <laughs> and they knew all the lyrics. I mean, the good stuff's the good stuff, right? And, right. And then I reminded myself that when I was in college, I was listening to what Almond Brothers, like you know, let's you know all the stuff that came before. So it does make sense that you guys would hear you know current Van Halen and then just go back. Of course, everybody goes back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I mean again, I don't want to turn this into a non-Eddie thing, but I think another really interesting way, like uh, again, I thought I liked Tribe Called Quest and I knew what came out. I think it was like Beat Rounds in Life, which is a fine record. But if you go back and listen to the three before that, there three of them are way better than Beat Rounds in Life, start to finish. And But if it wasn't for that, and then being like, oh, where's that scenario sound? Oh, it's not on this record. Oh, they have another record? Oh, like I should go find out what that record is. You know, and then you learn about the low end theory and you're like, oh, this is pretty badass. Maybe I should listen to the people's instinctive travels. Like you just kind of go on a journey where you're like, "Oh, people are telling me that what I love about these people isn't even their best work. 
okay, I'll be the judge of that, <laughs> you know, and then... Let, let me just say, this is, this, this is testament to the fact that Eddie Van Halen is a musical genius on the level of, um, you know, for modern-day Mozart. Yeah. You know, you know modern-day, you know, Handel, you know. A testament to that is that, is that this is a podcast about Eddie Van Halen, and, and, and you just spoke about Tribe Called Quest. Right. And, 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 it kind of made sense. It kind of made sense. It kind of made sense. Yeah. And that's and and, and, and Tribe Called Quest is a very, very rootsy type of a band, you know, and type of a group. And one one of the things that you know everybody always wanted to hear Eddie play blues, right? You know? And if if you listen to Van, if you listen to Van Halen, uh, Women and Children First, there's a ton of blues on there. Uh, Take your whiskey home and simple rhyme. Yours in a simple rhyme. There's a ton of blues. In, in, in the Van Halen stuff, but that's a testament to like a real innovator. Is we're talking about Eddie Van Halen and Tribe Called Quest, right? And and, and, and Michael Jackson and Toto Jackson. and the Beatles and, and that and Jimi Hendrix and, and it all it all kind of makes sense because it's it's that kind of journey where I, I go back to this: if you're good enough at something, people are going to find you and people are going to appreciate you, even if they're late to the party or the party's over and they find out about the story later. I mean, if you're good enough, people will find you, right? Wild. And, and, I, and I think there's something about when you get into music and you start identifying artists and bands that you like and you start hearing them interview or, or learning more about the people who you like, they talk about the people who they like. Yeah. And then that's like, well, I, I, I want to hear what made, you know, I, I love uh, John Fushanti, so I want to hear what made John Fushanti, and that was Jimi Hendrix. Like, like talk about influence. Like, Hendrix is a guy who he and I never inhabited the planet at the same time. Like, right. he was where I was born, but he's had a tremendous influence on me. Like, I, I do feel like I, you know, I'm gonna say I sound like Jimi Hendrix, but I sound more like Jimi Hendrix than Eddie Van Halen because there's a line there of Hendrix to John Fushanti and Mike Caprini to. Thirteen year old. Well, and Hendrix, if, if 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 you're talking about Hendrix, you're talking about Albert King. And right. if you're talking about Steve Ray Vaughan, you're talking about Albert King. Yeah. I mean, that's all they did was cop Albert King licks. You know, those two guys. Hendrix made it cosmic. Yeah. Right. And you know that that, that gets us back into the in, into the root of of why we're here. Is we're talking about a person that picked up an instrument. You know, and if you think about the history of instruments, that you know, there's been all kinds of instruments. Like there was, it could be a rock, and you bang on it piano, whatever, you know, this guy picked up this thing, you know, he made, he made his own and then he just had his way with it. (laughs) And that's why I say Hendrix. That's why I say Hendrix and Edward Van Halen. And I'm not enough of a guitar, you know, you know, I, I don't have all the knowledge, like all the names and stuff. There's incredible guys that play incredible women and guys. Uh, by the way, Orianti is incredible. Yeah. Um, uh, Richie Samboras, uh, you know, uh, she played with Michael Jackson. Uh, but anyway, there's, I have seen many people pick up a guitar and just go nuts with it, you know? But, but, but to pick up a piece of wooden string, right, and just completely master and manhandle it <laughs> or, or person handle it, right? Jimi Hendrix, Edward Van Halen, 
I know there's many more, but I don't care about them. <laughs> yeah, different, po- different, different podcasts. Like, who revolution? You know, if you want to go back and say Les Paul, I mean, okay, I wasn't born. Like, this was, like, the 50s, like, you know. But Jimi Hendrix m- mastered this thing, made it do things, right? And Eddie did the same thing. And I don't know, Roscoe, if you have a couple of other people that you can think about as well, or you, Gavin, but... Well, I, I think throughout musical history, there are these landmarks of um, there's a way that music sounded before this person, and then there's a way that it sounded after. And there, there's a way that people thought about and played rock guitar before Van Halen won, and now there's the way people think about it now. Right. You know, there just aren't many people on, on the list who just really changed the, the whole thing. I mean, the... The, the only more modern example I can think of is a guy of a guy who picked up the guitar and made it do things that no one else did. But I don't know that he changed it because he's still the only one who does it. I think of Tom Morello. Well, okay, Roscoe. So th- this, this is Tom Morello's Instagram. Oh yeah, he's got he's got it. And and, and, he, and and the quote that I wanted to read you guys, and so there's a couple of quotes that I read today. One was from Tom Morello, yep. and I was just pulling up when you talked about him. Yep. Uh, John Fogarty was another one, uh, but Tom Morello said, you know, one of the greatest. And it, Tom Morello is great because he's very understated. Yeah, you know, one of the greatest, most inve- inventive. Right. By the way, if you go to, if you go to Eddie Van Halen's Wikipedia page, they describe him as an inventor. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the greatest, most inventive, truly visionary musicians of all time, an unparalleled titan in the annals of rock and roll. We we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for every spectacular note. Right. And and, and that's Morello. And then the other one was Fogarty. Yeah, how about John Fogarty outlived Eddie Van Halen? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> right. Who saw that one coming? I would have taken the under. Um, so, yeah, but what Fogarty uh, say? Yeah, it, this wasn't the one I was looking for, but uh, immense talent. You know, one of the greatest rockers ever, and I will miss him. I stood in awe and complete wonderment of Eddie's immense talent. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so it's a guy who just had, for lack of a better term, he, he kind of had the whole package. And even the guys who are, you know, guys like Morello and you know, Fogarty, two totally different kinds of guitar players, by the way. You know, all kind of agreeing. Did you guys, did you, did you guys see? Did you guys see recently? That a few months ago, there was a story that came out about how Eddie Van Halen uh, tried to beat the crap out of Fred Durst. No, huh. but that's a good way to end it. Well, what you got there? <laughs> yeah, let's end, yeah let, let's end it on this. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go off the cuff, uh, but somehow Fred Durst convinced Eddie Van Halen to jam with them. Uh, great salesman and, and Eddie was whacked out so if, if this is 2001 to 2004 whatever like Eddie was whacked out right Yeah. so the story goes and, and of course I'm probably going to get it wrong but you can look it up but so Eddie brought a bunch of his stuff over to Fred Durst's house right or had somebody bring it there they went into wherever it is basement whatever and they start to jam and the jam lasted for like I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> and Ed was just like, I'm out of here, right? And he leaves, and then the stuff never gets returned to him. So the story goes that he went back there, um, and, you know, I don't want to speak out of turn, but he, he threatened violence <laughs> on, on Fred Durst, 
get his stuff back. He pulled up on the lawn in, in some kind of like armored vehicle. <laughs> you know, so you guys can look that up, but I thought that was I thought that was great. Yeah, and again, great, uh, uh, the legend precedes him. And, and honestly, if I got to pick somebody in a, in a, to back in that fight, I'm definitely not picking Fred Durst. So that's yeah, that's an easy call. So. So anyway, the last thing that that, 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 I'll, that I'll just say, and I'm sorry that I, I you know talked a lot in here, but you know we do have an age age difference and Van Halen. No, it's a big a, night. A thing to me, but 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 how about, how about the red and white and black stripe guitar? I mean, yeah. like that's just not a thing that existed, right? Yeah, or or that exists anymore, right? There's no there's no current guitar player. If you just when you just see a picture of that guitar, you know who it is. There's nobody now. To, maybe maybe like Slash is Les Paul, but but like you know Slash Slash current Slash is a hundred years old. Like what what guitar player under the age of forty could you still pick? And, 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 and Slash's guitar is a gold top body, you know Les Paul. Right. Whereas Eddie's guitar was a homemade right, right, right. Right. Frankenstein, and the original one was white with the black tape on it, you know, and spray painted like that. Guys, that that design. That thing, like that's so. So now you're talking about um, a, a classically trained, you know, virtuosic, you know, pianist, guitar player, drummer, singer, and, songwriter, producer, electrical engineer, inventor, artist, and visual artist, yeah, visual artist. Whole package, man. I mean, that's Genius. yeah, for sure. And a sound, you know, a, a sound that did not exist in in in, in modern history you know people always talk about rock and roll and they call it music but rock and roll is different from classical and in different types of things right but the sound that eddie van halen made out of a guitar did not exist right until he made it so, so rest in peace to eddie van halen a true legend roscoe p Polly p thanks a lot again if you're at home if you're not in the car pour some out for eddie van halen the master. If you're if, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this right now, you're not going to be privy to all the texts and the videos and the stuff that we're going to be sending back and forth over the next week. So, <laughs> well said. <laughs>